Alright, hello and welcome everyone to Weekend Rental episode 45. We are your gaming and geek culture podcast. Come out on a bi-weekly basis. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, hey, even YouTube, and uh, as always, all things Weekend Rental at weekendpodcast.com. Nailed it. Um, my name is Ryan. As always, I'm joined by Andy. Hey. And Nate. What's going on, guys? So we have an exciting Byron Burn this time out for the almighty green screened Game Boy. Um, so if you're not familiar with our opening segment here, Byron Burn, what we do is we all pick a game for a given system. Obviously, the Game Boy this time around, we play those games individually. Um, and then at the end of it, we'll decide which of the three games we would personally buy, rent or burn. Uh, this this episode's a little bit interesting because we've all picked games that I can describe perfectly by referencing two other games. So Andy's <laughs> pick is uh, Mr. Chin's Gourmet Paradise, which is Mario Brothers Arcade meets Bomberman. Uh, Nate's That's, pick yeah. is Quarth, which is Tetris meets Space Invaders. That was Nate's uh, description. And my pick is Motocross Maniacs, which is Excite Bike meets Trials. What do you think? Those are pretty spot on, right? That's very That's accurate. Pretty good. These are like, weird quirky games that combine elements from other games but what we usually do is we'll go back through and uh, discuss each one of these individually i'll read a description on these so you get a little bit better understanding of the game so back to andy's game mr chin's gourmet paradise this has a long description uh for this game uh, but we'll go through <laughs> and my mind usually goes in the gutters so this might be hard for me to get through again but i'm going to read it Maybe it's just me. I don't think we'll so. We'll support you. We'll um, support you. So, so the description on this one. In this high-skill action-adventure game, Mr. Chin is in hot pursuit of his favorite treat. He has come all the way from China to eat as many luscious gourmet peaches as he can before anyone else discovers how to eat this unique treat. As Mr. Chin, you must pursue the mysterious momos and zap them into peaches with your demo beam. So hurry up, run, zap, jump, and eat as many peaches as you can before they make dinner out of you. Well, the way you say peaches does not help the cause, but anyways. It was almost like a Nick Cage impression there with his peaches. <laughs> peaches. I can eat a peach. <laughs> and now that I know they're peaches, I just look back at those sprites after you zap them. They do those kind of like walking vaginas. Ah, or were they peaches? I don't yeah. know. That and is kind of true. That character model of Mr. Chin creeps me out so much more now. Yeah, I don't think the, uh, they could lay this type of theme on a game in 2019. Call it Mr. Chin and have that kind of character and say, right. he's coming over here. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a fun game. It, it's, like you said, it is the original Mario Brothers. And you have like three different platforms that you go up and down. Just like Mario Brothers, there's enemies that go. Pipe. Yep, a warp pipe. There's uh, enemies that go up and down those. You get underneath them. You can. I, you can't really attack them from underneath. The uh, the attack mechanic is laying two trip mines. I guess you would. I would call them. I don't know. They're mm -hmm. they have to be on the same level, and you want to get them in between them. 
to set them off, and then that's what turns them into peaches, apparently. And then you could go eat those tasty peaches. I love your hesitation in that. Uh, go eat those tasty peaches. <laughs> yeah, it's a really weird like design choice. It took me a while to figure out the beam bomb mechanic thing. Um, but I, I think it's a visually overall pretty attractive game. It's just kind of within the first few levels, it gets very repetitive. Um, but I like what it had to offer. It's not. It's it's almost more like a puzzle game than an actual true platformer. Yeah, uh, but it's just kind of quirky. It's definitely its own thing, even though it's borrowing heavily from two other things. I've never played a game quite like that. Uh, I did like the like, cute little cutscenes in between, like the bonus levels, and mm-hmm. all of that had a lot of personality for an early Game Boy game. I just didn't find myself particularly having a lot of fun with the gameplay. I just kind of found it more tedious. Yeah, t- t- most of the gameplay is like setting up. <laughs> these characters to try these little monsters or whatever they were to get in between where you set these things. And they like, that's the whole game. So getting that to work is kind of frustrating sometimes, especially when they, there's a few, um, few little sections that you can drop under and they don't. Yeah. Um, so it's, it changes the mobility. It kind of changes the rules on, (laughs) on how each character, uh, walks around on this on these platforms but it took me a while to figure out that if you actually hit the blocks and break the blocks that's when they start falling down to the next level yep yeah this is definitely a highly racist game <laughs> nowadays um <laughs> uh, i i really enjoyed it something that i found kind of interesting is um so mr chin the guy that is laying down these bombs to create these monsters into peaches isn't he the same guy from the NES game Thunder and Lightning or Lightning and Thunder? The guy that's running down below? They almost look um, identical. And so I was wondering if there's any correlation to that, um, which I didn't really dive into it at all, but he just looked very familiar. And I just got that game at our game exchange. And so that it was fresh in my mind. But it is definitely Mario Brothers... I found it very enjoyable trying to set up what I wanted to accomplish. So I'd lay down one of those mines and then try to work everything down and try to get them all at one, one hit. Right. And so that was, that was kind of fun. It's kind of a risk reward type game, but I found it very enjoyable. I wish, I wish uh, Mr. Chin's sprite was a little bit smaller. I think that's my only real complaint is that it's so... And, like, his hitbox is huge. Yes. So it's yeah. so easy to accidentally get yourself killed, especially with the overly slippery controls, which is kind yep. of like an arcade feel, especially... If they, it's almost like they lifted that right from Mario Brothers. Um, yeah, the that momentum, was, too. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say that sprite is really big, where you just barely jump and you're hitting the bricks up right above you so you had to just be really careful on how yeah how you're maneuvering because i found myself kind of panicking in moments and jumping and just breaking bricks and then they're falling down on me every time um but small complaint yeah well and then that's kind of compounded by the fact that your bomb thing or whatever is almost the same uh surface space as the bottom yep. of mr chin so it's like you really have to leave yourself enough room to 
set that up. But I mean, again, that goes into your strategy, like you were talking about Nate and, you know, planning it out, looking for those windows. Yeah. It just could have been a little tighter. Yep. Yeah. Looks like there was a Mr. Chin for the MSX. The oh, original. so they're nice. Did you find any correlation with him in Thunder and Lightning? Not that, no. I don't okay, play that. Thunder and Lightning, and and you might be like, okay, well, how did Mister Chin get into this game? So you'll have to you'll have to take a look. It's very interesting. <laughs> it is. It, they are both Romstar games, so I bet that's the case. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so let's get into our second pick here. Uh, this is Nate's pick, Quarth. Uh, I don't think I'm going to read this whole description because it's just massive, but uh, the description is warning. Quarth is the blockbuster puzzle challenge guaranteed to knock your socks and your block off at the maddening, mind-numbing pace. Uh, with a mortifying rain of bionic block patterns descending upon you, you race back and forth in your powerful blockbuster ship, obliterating the blocks before they blow you to kingdom come. Yes, that's exactly what's happening in this game. So this is exactly what Ryan said. This is a Tetris meets Space Invaders game. Um, so it is very puzzly, like Tetris, except for those blocks are coming down, um, kind of scrolling down from the top. And then you are this machine down below that is shooting blocks, filling, I guess, the gaps in the blocks that are coming down. And then as you fill it, or as you fill in the gap, then then they blow up, and that's how you get your points. Um, yeah, it's it's really enjoyable game. I found myself playing it forever. Just I think it's just one of those repetitive games, and uh, as the game speeds up, it gets a little little crazier. Just like Tetris, as you progress through the different levels and you get certain points and and whatever else then then it starts speeding up and and leveling up and uh yeah it was definitely uh something unique kind of unique for the game boy but it just reminded me like how many how many puzzle games there were on the game boy it seems like for the the beginning life cycle of that that uh handheld was just puzzle games puzzle games puzzle games so yeah I will say the the maddening pace that they talk about is a little exaggerated. I mean, it definitely speeds up, like you were saying, but it, yeah. it so gradually increases. And I think more of the the challenge and the pace comes from you trying to set up larger combos, because if you just play the game at its minimum, where essentially you're like you said, you're just completing uh, these shapes to either make a square or rectangle, and then it dissolves. But if you just do the bare minimum to make that happen. You won't get as many points, and it's pretty easy to clear the board and keep ahead. But it's when you start taking the risks and adding on, you know, an additional five rows to a block to get the big combo that it gets a little crazy. And that's where it kind of reminded me of like kicks, you know, making oh, rectangles. Yeah. Sure. Kind of, you know, uh, playing that risk reward, trying to get the bigger thing. And the, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it, though. But yeah. It's kind of a hidden gem. I, I guess I'd never, I guess I'd heard of the name, but I didn't really know what this was about. Yeah, I don't think it's terribly expensive. Maybe around that $10 mark or somewhere around that. I've never heard of it, but it was just kind of one of those titles that stuck out at me when we we're kind of going through lists. 
And uh, I'm glad I played it. Like it's if I ever got into handhelds, which I don't, but if I did, that would definitely be one that I'd want to to just play. I couldn't uh, quite get the rules down on like what made a you know a bigger rectangle. Sometimes it would work, and then the next time, like part of it wouldn't go, and it would still be there, and that's what screwed me over every single time because I was trying to make something huge, and then only half of it would disappear and then you're stuck. So as far as I can tell, you can only build off of a single piece and you can't combine multiple pieces into one. They won't dissolve yeah. in that way. Oh, I did that. So I made it happen. happen. Oh really? Yeah. Like if you can get uh one piece to like you all the way around another piece. Oh, and then, and then you fill in that. and then fill in the middle. It, it does the whole thing. Nice. And and like fifty percent of the time, if it's like two pieces on the side, it would work, and then the other fifty percent, it would leave like half of it there. So I I don't know what the rule was. Mm. I think the worst ones are those straight rectangle pieces, where it's just like I'm just building one more layer on top of it. Like yeah. how dumb is this? Yeah, I found myself like as as the game was speeding up. And you're looking at where you're shooting, like if, if it's on the left of the screen, like the things on the right were were the longer ones. And I found myself not seeing it and then like running over as fast <laughs> as I can and then over adding uh, mm-hmm. like block. So instead of making it a nice even square, then I add one, then I got to add <laughs> one all the way down. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm trying to like count. So it, that part as it sped up was pretty exciting and made it pretty fun. Yeah, I'd say the only thing it's really missing here and that all good puzzle games should have is just a rock and soundtrack. Absolutely. That would have made a big difference. But I, again, I really enjoyed it. It's a weird little puzzler. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about our last game. That is going to be my pick, Motocross Maniacs. Uh, so description on this one. Uh, This is pure insanity, and to take the checkered flag, you'll need sheer intensity to throttle past hundreds of obstacles, including the head-spinning loop and sky-riding ramp. You'll also need precision skills to refuel with nitro turbo boosts that'll power you to victory. Um, There's some more about how many tracks and stuff are in here, but that's the basic description. Uh, Slash excite bike. (laughs) Yeah, so basically this is... um, a 2D excite bike. Well, excite bike was 2D, but it had like a pseudo 3D effect mm. to it. Where this is just straight 2D. Uh, one, it's a Game Boy game, so it's one bike on the screen. You can do mirror races against the computer, and uh, it's it's the exact same principles as an excite bike. It seems deceptively simple, but it's all about using your angle and your pitch to come off of jumps. Um, and this game is punishing in your ability to pull those and execute those moves off perfectly because the joy you get out of the first level and those squeals of wee on the loop-de-loop are just crushed when you reality strikes in level two and it is on. It does not give you any room to uh, miss a boost, miss a critical jump, and uh, your game can quickly be over. I will say the developers obviously understood this difficulty and there is no um, restart sort of you you don't lose progress this, with this game because all eight tracks there's eight tracks and then three difficulty levels all eight tracks when you start the game are available you just select which one you want to uh, take on so if you lose yes it's frustrating but you can get right back in 
smart design. What'd you guys think? I liked it. Uh, it reminded me there was this game on uh, on a mobile game, like a mobile phone game, where you're like the stick figure on a bike, and you are like working the angle with like the D pad in a way when you're going over jumps, and uh, so that you you're not flipping forward or, or backwards. And it just kind of reminded me of that, and um, I I liked it. It w- it was tough to know when you're supposed to boost when you're not and it was frustrating the first like you said first level i was like oh yeah this is this is good i I feel pretty good about this and then also the second level i was like (laughs) what just happened why are they doing this to me and uh i i liked it i liked the that it was similar to to excite bike but it took some different things where you do have that loop to loop you know it almost comes across it like excite bite being this scrolling scrolling scene at you and uh so yeah this this just had something a little bit different it was, it was fun i liked it frustrating game though i i don't think there was like a heat management system right like in no which is Thank a huge God. upgrade yes <laughs> that is a high pitch noise i i love that that it you can just go in this game and then once you start building those nitros up it's like it fills the meter but it still keeps track of how many you actually get Mm -hmm. so like it's not one of those things where oh you filled your meter now you can't collect them anymore no it just keeps going and you can just stockpile like a ton of them and just go and go and go and yeah like you said the the first level is just fun you're just going all over loops and everything and then that ever Every one after that, it's like, well, I, that looks fun up there. I wish I could have made it. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even get up there. Yeah, I'll just hang on this puddle down here, guys. This is cool. <laughs> yeah it it's it's, a, fast, it's astonishing though. how how quickly the difficulty ramps up. Even like level two is a reality check, but then level three is if I missed this one piece, yeah, I should just restart because it's over. I'm not making it. Yeah. Yeah, that was the frustrating part. You want to do all those loop to loops and all the cool things, and you're stuck down on below, and you're like, hmm, yeah. how to get down here? This isn't good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting game. I, I, it's kind of funny how close to Trials it made me feel. I don't know if you've played the Trials games at all, Nate, on newer consoles, but just those games are. If you're going to throw a controller through your screen. Mm-hmm that's the game to do it. And I feel like if I was a kid and I had this on my game boy, like my game boy would have just been shattered into a million pieces, but in an enjoyable sort of way, this way you would like pick it back up and do it all over again. Oh, exactly. Yeah. This one's yeah. kind of worse because you can't just restart from the last checkpoint. Like in trials, <laughs> you had to, yeah, you have to, you have to let the, the clock track. run out. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's even more punishing. Yeah. All right, so now we've gotten through all the games. Let's uh, let's go back and give our verdicts. Andy, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, this one was uh, actually kind of tough to suss out because I enjoyed all three of them, just to some extent. Um, there's some parts that fall short. But I had the most fun with Quarth, I think, just because it was an addicting puzzle game that had enough twist above what Tetris gives me to make it a lot more fun. 
um, trying to get those combos were uh, were pretty tough, and I kind of like that. Like as the stuff starts getting faster and and going, that you're <clears throat> you're trying to you know doing a risk reward situation on that. But uh, yeah, Korth is a good game, definitely. Um, my rent is going to be Motocross Maniacs. It's pretty impressive what they did for that type of game. I I'm not a huge fan of Excite Bike. And I like this one a lot more. And I mm. think it's I think it's because um I don't know. There's a lot less to, to handle, I think. In this game, you can just go and all you have to worry about is the angle for the most part. Speed and angle, I guess. Um it's important in a lot of things in life. Yes. <laughs> I would agree though. I, I I like that more than Excite Bike. Yep. Like Excite Bike's fun, but this seemed for a Game Boy game definitely oh. had a lot more. Yep. I think. It's re- like sacrilege to me, but no. You, no. I know. They are it's both really good say. in different ways. I'd rather be rewarded with nailing something to, to be able to go through a loop than just changing tracks on excite bike yeah. to avoid a puddle, you know, for the most yeah. part. Um, yeah. And my burn is going to be Mr. Chin. Uh, I, I had fun playing it, but there was just a lot of frustration in trying to get everything set up. It was like trying to take care of like 10 different babies at the same time. It felt like and just crawling them all in the same spot. And it was just kind of a nightmare, but, I think if you uh, got good at it, it'd be a lot more fun. Yeah. Nate, how about you? Yeah, this is this was very difficult. All three games were really fun, um, and almost all puzzlers in a way. Yeah, kind of. Yep. I mean, motocross was a little bit different, but you still had to really kind of map how you were going to do things. Um, so I think. For a buy, rent, burn, these all kind of line up really well. And the games, there's nothing that's like a clear, crappy game. So um, I think I'm going to buy Korth. Uh, just, I really like that style of game. I like the twist on on Tetris a little bit. And um, like Andy said, building those combos and uh, um, risk risk reward and and all of that stuff so that's definitely going to be my buy uh rent is going to be motocross maniacs i think that's a game that um i could rage very quickly and i did rage you know especially after the first level but it's one that i would keep on playing um and then obviously the burn is going to be mr chin's uh gourmet paradise and it's not a bad game. Um, I just, when you put it up against those two, I think somebody's got to burn. So that's the one I picked. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised. I, I, I'm with you guys in that I thought all of these games, like across the board, this might be one of the most even keeled Byron yeah. Burns we've ever done. And I really thought our, our answers were going to be wildly different. Uh, but, I mean, I'm 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 going the same route you guys are. Quarth was awesome. I think I texted Nate like nine o'clock last night after I got done playing it for an hour. I was like, Quarth is my jam. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I mean, I just I usually like set myself a time limit with these 
for the sake of you know getting stuff ready for Byron Burn in this one, I just didn't realize how long I played Quarth, and it's awesome, super simple, super addictive, and fun. I would I'm gonna rent obviously Motocross Maniacs again for the same reasons you guys said. I had I known about this game as a kid, I think this probably would have been one of my favorite Game Boy games. I just it wasn't on my radar. I was a huge fan of Excite Bike. Uh, this felt like a really cool amped up mobile version of that. Uh, yeah. it would have been nice to have it. I just, it, it was a great game, uh, for what it was. It's, it's simple, uh, challenging and easy to pick up and play. And then I'll, I'm going to burn Mr. Chan, obviously, like you guys did. It, it, there's nothing inherently wrong with the game. It just doesn't stand out as much as the other two. Uh, plus it set Chinese and, u.s relations back at least 10 years so <laughs> in the modern age it just doesn't you can't get you can't quite get away with that no nope. that description oof. after i mean this keep in mind that description was pre-presidency of the united states of america and millions of peaches uh but <laughs> post that this is a little little tough read uh, on this game yeah so unanimous verdicts. Uh, I like it. It's a rare moment. I think we it just is. need to take it in for a second, especially when some on one that isn't that clear. Yeah, yeah. Like you said. Yeah, I really thought it would I, be all over the place. I, I agree. I I thought everybody was going to pick their own game. Basically, I was going to run Mister Chin, and then you guys started making like all these arguments for why Motocross Maniacs was so much better, and I'm like, well, maybe I'm maybe I'm <laughs> wrong here. <laughs> You you flip flopper. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the it's the problem with being last. You get influenced all the way along. <sighs> I don't have my own thoughts. That's that's the sad truth. <laughs> you should. Is that on a T-shirt? I don't have my own thoughts. <laughs> it's gonna be nice. <laughs> Another Byron bird in the books. Ultra's Motocross Maniacs for Nintendo's Game Boy. With head-spinning loops and Nitro Turbo Boosts, it's about to get you in its clutches. Alright, so moving on from Byron Burn, uh, let's get into the middle of the podcast here. Uh, this one, we're going to talk about something kind of exciting. I don't know about you, fellas. I'm still uh, very overtired from the weekend we just had. We came off of... Uh, kind of a little event that the three of us worked on, something we've we've discussed. Uh, the opportunity arose to kind of jump on it and see what would happen, and and that was uh, the Fargo Game Exchange, which the three of us put on last Sunday uh, at the Ramada in town here in Fargo, and it went better than I could have anticipated. Yeah, it was so much fun. I'm still kind of recovering even though i feel like i didn't do as much but we had a couple of late nights putting everything together taking everything down and um yeah it was amazing the turnout it's one of those moments where you're like okay what what gauges the success is it going to be 50 people and you know whatever it is and it exceeded my expectations by far we there was a ton of people that came through and a ton of vendors and some really good stuff and good prices. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, it was exciting to see like how many people are in it. 
in this hobby in our area. A lot of people that I've never seen before. And you could tell a lot of them were kind of casually getting into it as well. I mean, I sold a lot of consoles, which are yeah. obviously people that was impressive. getting into it. Like the yeah. amount of co- consoles yeah. you had. Well, you had so much stuff on your table. And then about that, like one o'clock mark, I look over, I'm like, holy crap. There's just huge holes in, in your table space from how much stuff you had moved. Yeah. Yeah. I could have went down to like half a table at the end there, <laughs> but yeah, it was definitely yeah. a success. Yeah, so I think this is it's one of those ideas that you're it, it's kind of difficult to make yourself try because there's a lot of there's a lot of it, what ifs, right? Like, well, one, can we get people to come set up tables? Can we get vendors? Can we get people interested? And luckily, we've we've got a lot of connections in the community and in the area, um, and we set up our room. I mean, I'm not, you know, I we should set the the scale. I mean, we weren't looking at filling a massive convention hall. Uh, we had planned to have. 20 tables set up for vendors and then a few additional ones for anyone who would walk in and set up games. And it just so happened that before we even opened every table was used uh, and full of games, people brought people showed up. So then, then the nerves kick in. It's like, well, we, we invited all these vendors. What what if we have them here? They drove from, some of them drove from a couple hours away. Uh, What if nobody comes and nobody buys anything? So then the next fear is, gosh, I hope we don't piss off these vendors because it'd be great if we could, and some of them are our friends, you know, so we can get them to come back and do it next year. And then the people started coming and they did not stop coming. Um, and I think by halfway through the day, you know, people were saying, oh, this is great. I just can't believe how much stuff is selling. And, uh, you know, those conversations were very positive for something that is basically an experiment the first year out of the gate. Uh, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think it did cater to just a little bit of everybody. So it was the casual gamer. It was someone looking to get into some of the stuff that maybe they grew up as a kid. I had a couple of NES consoles. Those went to guys that didn't have really NES games and they bought NES games at the exchange. Um, So for them just to, I just want to relive my childhood. And I thought that was really cool. And then, yeah, Andy, like you selling a whole bunch of consoles um, for you know, probably a lot of casual gamers and it was just a cool event for, for families to come together. And, uh, like our kids were all playing the councils that we, we set up and they were going crazy that occupied them for a long time. So it was definitely family friendly. Um, yeah, I was, I was just so pleased with how it went. Yeah. And the coloring contest was a huge hit. You know, our daughters were kind of helping get kids into that. Um, I will say we gave away two gift cards for that. And it just so happened that what we <laughs> instructed our children to tell the people was, well, right, you know, on the back of the sheet, because we hung these all up, the, our daughters picked the winners, you know, write down your name and your parents' phone number. We'll contact them if you won. And I don't know if you guys saw, but when I sent those text messages out in both cases, it was uh, families with two children who had both entered. Oh, and I no. didn't specify in those texts who had won. So there's always like one like kind of defeated sibling. <laughs> so I'll have to tighten that up for next year. But, um, you know, the kids that did win the smile on their face I and mean, it was, it was really cool. And it kept our kids occupied. And I had that giant yep. bowl of, I think it was 60 packs of Pokemon gummy snacks for kids to eat. There was literally none in there by about two o'clock that afternoon. So there's a good chance my son ate about 48 of them. Yes. 
My he was just hanging just underneath the table was just piles of wrappers. <laughs> so, you know, these kids are just like coloring and like, oh, I got to have some more fruit snacks. At some point, so, my at some point, my son thought it was a one to one where you had to color something to get a fruit snack. So he was just whipping out the crappiest looking <laughs> picture. Done. That, yeah. That's hilarious. One swipe. I love uh, I love the variety of this of like all the vendors so there really was something for everybody there was nes there's playstation um 64 stuff there was even uh i picked up a turbo graphics game uh, there was sega master systems but then there was toys there was memorabilia there were uh like i had zelda books on my table and so there was just a wide variety and people were buying everything it wasn't just yeah. everybody's going after one thing um so that was pretty interesting. And Ryan, you had a whole bunch of like geek culture stuff at your table. Yeah, and that I, was. Impressive. I kind of felt like the the why well, the opportunity to pick a bunch of it up because our area Target was basically rearranging, so they liquidated all that stuff. And it just it kind of felt like I could get some of that stuff and get some more of the casual market in, and that stuff sold really well for me. And granted, I think the big thing here is none of us were overpricing anything. We just it was stuff we wanted to move. It was under what you would pay retail. Um, and for the most part, I think everybody adhered to that. And yeah, like you said, just there was a variety uh, of stuff and there was stuff for systems that you don't normally see in our area. CJ, our buddy um, from Replay Games, he had a bunch of import stuff. He had a Neo Geo yes. CD game there. I mean, all of that stuff, even if not all of it sells, it's amazing to see on a table. Um, and yeah, the t- collectibles, the TMNT figures... And you got uh, the wizard gamers over there, Danton, with his like wizardly hacked, you know, PlayStation Two, and his buddies <laughs> got the modded uh, or repaired Game Gear. It was it was a good mix of stuff, and it made me feel happy. I guess that you know we we brought vendors in, not a ton of vendors, but we brought vendors in from all over our regional area, and everyone seemed pretty pleased with the event. So I think it's a good start and an opportunity for us to really. Um, make this a community thing going forward a family friendly thing uh, i will say the biggest lesson learned is that we have to have test stations for people selling consoles because we had an area the three of us had set up an area in the corner with consoles running for people to play and i think about half the day those were inoperable because people were testing machines out before they were being sold or yep. wiping um profiles off of xbox ones <laughs> so uh, yeah, probably should was, have anticipated uh, that, but it's okay. Right. Yeah, it, it was a cool day just to, besides family, just to hang out with some of the friends, like the gaming people, people that we've met on YouTube, people on Twitter, all that stuff, just to all be in one room and just be joking. It was extremely like lighthearted. It wasn't super stressful or anything like that. It was, it was yeah. just a, a cool time to just hang out with people. And talk and that and talk about games. I, I remember just like looking over to Danton and making jokes about, you know, whatever he had on the table and he was trying to help me fix an NES. And that was a mess when you have people like coming to your table and I was changing out pins on an NES. I took out the old pins and set it next to the new <laughs> pins. And then someone started talking to me and I was like, oh, which ones were the new ones? Which ones were the old? So I grabbed what I thought was the new. It was the old, and so I tested it. I was like, "Oh no, I got to take it apart again." And so there was just a lot of jokes going on. Uh, yeah, it was it was just cool to be around friends. 
Yeah. And I think another thing too, that I was really surprised and pleased by was, um, you know, we've had some experiences, I think all of us selling stuff in the past and you, I was amazed. I don't, I don't know if any of you had a different experience than I did, but I didn't have a single person who came up and was kind of berating what I had on the table, what I'd priced it at trying to lowball me. Uh, nobody did that. Everybody was just, it seemed like genuinely excited to be there, uh, what was happening. And I mean, I maybe had one guy who asked for a bundle deal, but everybody else, you know, again, we price stuff reasonably, so there's no reason to argue, but, uh, that was refreshing. I kind of figured there'd be one or two kind of snooty collectors coming in and, uh, yeah. beating us up, but they didn't. Yeah. And the most, like the most expensive NES game that was on my table was like six bucks. Yeah. It was filled with commons, but people were like, Oh, two bucks for this. No problem. And, and, and so, I mean, some of that is pricing and, uh, right. you know, we just wanted to move things and get, get rid of it, but made it nice to buy as well. Cause I probably bought just as much <laughs> yeah. as I sold. Oh, well, that's a nice yeah. thing. I mean, a lot of these vendors, like you said, are a couple hours away from us. So even for our benefit, gathering them all in one room so we can shop at them too is a huge. <laughs> right. Shop. Yeah. I joked with my wife. It was so funny because I had her run out and get $150 in lower bill, you know, smaller bills. So we had change for the table. And then uh, we did this on Sunday. And then Monday morning, I go to do my deposit, count up all my cash. And keep in mind, my kids have been buying. Every time I turned around, they're buying something new. I'm buying something. Count up my cash. I have $152. <laughs> I made a $2 profit on the cash. I uh, bought luckily, your zapper for $2. Oh, You're thank welcome. you, Andy. You put me over the top. <laughs> L- luckily, I also had a square credit card reader. Uh, so I did get a uh, deposit Which from them. The it did. It did save the day. I didn't spend it all. So. <laughs> that's hilarious yeah it's, for some reason our kids were in the cash bags your kids my kids and they were like oh how much does that cost i'll be right back let me go to my dad's unlimited yeah. stash here and just get what i need and no vendors were asking any questions they're just like oh, okay sounds good yeah i think uh our, our buddy brandon from watertown was uh selling and uh it was one of those moments where my kids were raiding his toys that he had. He had like um, Pez dispensers and they're like, they're only $3. And they're, you know, of course take that times. However many you're buying here, settle down. So it was one of those moments. I was like, well, you take two bucks for these. <laughs> Don't buy anything else, please. Yeah, it was nuts. It was, it was great. I mean, I'm excited for what, we could potentially do with this and growing it going forward. Obviously we're all fans of uh, the gaming community and conventions that we all travel to. So to have something local um, that turned out to be relatively pain or pain free to set up, get going. And a lot of people seem to enjoy it's It's good. I'm excited for next year. Yeah. It can only grow, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, And we see that there's a need for it in our community. Uh, if you really think of where we're located in Fargo, I mean, there really isn't much when it comes to like gaming conventions or anything like that, that is dedicated to video games in order for you to take part in something like that. You got to maybe go to Minneapolis, um, maybe, and there really isn't much there. And so to do something in our area and to bring everybody together, like it could only get bigger, I think. Yeah. I agree. You know, and you know, if, for anyone who who was out there and showed up and attended, um, 
you know, to all our friends who came out and set up a table, uh, you know who you are. We appreciate it. We appreciate the support. We hope you all had as much fun as we did. And, um, we hope to do this next year. I want to do like a high five with you guys right now, but we're, yeah. we're online. We can't like, go I'm just, team. I'm, I'm dancing for you guys. So Ooh. dancing. Yeah. That's the next year. Um, Nate does not get to control the music. Cause, uh, was my chiptune music driving you insane? It wasn't the chiptune music. It was you doing those awful dances and then f- not breaking eye contact with me while you were doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies love that. I mean, I Ladies can't, I can't that. unsee that. This is the problem. They say, wow, he's kind of stalker-esque. Uh, makes me feel a little unsafe, but I like that he's he's bold. They love that. I mean, so. I've seen Planet Earth. That's how the mating things happen yeah. just like yeah. that i've learned <laughs> it was like that I've combined with that. night at the roxbury is what that is pretty much yes. exactly what that was you don't move your body but just move your shoulders <laughs> and just stare but you crushed my soul you crushed my yeah. soul it works every yeah. time 60 Chip- percent of the time it works every time <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh the chiptune music does it for me every time so nice we had a little trivia going on at our table. Like if like Mega Man 2 or something came on, it's like, well, what level is this on? And like people were shouting it back and forth of what they thought it was. And it was just kind of fun. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So outside of our little um, shindig, there was some pretty exciting news from GDC. Um, Google unveiled what they're doing in the gaming realm and it's called stadia which is terrible um not google gaming not something that doesn't sound like a byproduct you don't want in your like canned ham i don't know it's just such a bad name they use google play on something that half half of it isn't even playing you're right they already have google play (laughs) they completely blew that uh, but what what they laid out, uh, which the internet was very quick to rip this apart. Um, I understand the concerns, but I also, I guess I have a more optimistic look at this uh, and the potential of what this means. I feel like when you look at what Xbox is already doing and what they're talking about from their camp, um, what they've laid out here is not that far off in the future and it's not completely unachievable um like a lot of people seem to think uh basically what google laid out is um following their test launch that they did last fall with mario or not mario uh assassin's creed odyssey i believe it was it's it's basically a gaming platform that exists all within google chrome so essentially if you have a solid internet connection and access to a device that can run google chrome whether it's a chromecast um a phone a tablet a pc you just log in and out of a game in real time and it should run at its max settings they're saying everything will be 1080p 60 frames per second um at a minimum should go to 4k 60 frames per or 30 frames per second and then up to 8k which seemed absurd Uh, and they did demo it live with somebody logging in and out of multiple devices on stage and i don't know i I guess they left out some details like exactly what games are coming to it. Uh, it did announce that they're doing the next doom. 
And we obviously know that Ubisoft is behind them. I feel like that's a nice nod that they have Ubisoft, but Ubisoft also went whole hog on the Wii U. So maybe Ubisoft doesn't have the best judge of where they should be sending their games, but it's a great premise. Uh, and the fact that you can do all this stuff, they've got tools in there to help independent game developers. They, they stressed bringing back of couch co-op. Um, and they, they talked about couch co-op and the why, and the reason why it went away. And a lot of that was, they were stressing it's rendering like, uh, hardware limitations have kind of made it difficult for developers on these AAA games to keep couch co-op going because the hardware is so taxed by what it's putting on there. It's sort of died off, but with stadia, and you're running remotely from the cloud, um, you could have six people on a couch and they all log into their own instance and they're all in the game couch co-op together. Uh, I don't know how much of a drawing point that will be for a lot of people, but it, it was kind of an eye opener. I didn't really, I, I hadn't really looked at why that had died off um, from that angle. I don't know. I, I guess I, I, I watched that and I'm skeptical. I mean, I want to use it like everybody else, but being there testing last fall was so positive. I'm I'm excited by it. Like I want to give this the benefit of the doubt. I, I we don't know enough yet, but I, I was a little surprised that the internet seems to have just written this off already. I don't know what you guys thought. If you saw it, maybe I'm crazy. I'm not usually the optimistic one though, so who knows? I think the couch co-op is attractive to me. Um, that is something that I just miss: is sitting down next to someone playing some video games, enjoying that camaraderie and goofing off. I kind of miss that. And that is really weird that, I mean, it just kind of went away and I never really questioned why I just figured that's the trend and everybody's uh, doing like online playing or or whatever. Um, But there's many times where we try to get together for like game night and try to figure out, okay, what do we play? What do we play? Instead of, you know, some of the retro games, we want to play some of the new stuff and, and you can't really. I mean, Call of Duty, of course, you can play stuff like that in Battlefront. Um, but yeah, that that's just something that I think is kind of missing, and I would love to see come back. So that's kind of exciting. Well, and it's going to help regular multiplayer across the web as well, because like right now, it's you're kind of beholden to whoever has the worst ping, right, on those multiplayer games. And with this, every single person that's playing is going to have the same the same ping, the same instance, the same, you know, everything. So yeah. it truly is an equal playing field as far as that is. Well, and in kind of along the lines of that too, they mentioned, you know, when you take out limitations in hardware and you have a central cloud processor, something like a thousand person battle royale is theoretically possible now. <clears throat> right. Cause Which well, especially, especially when the hardware is not something that's affordable to the common person as a console, you know? Right. They can, we're all all of a sudden just jumping into technology that's like four years away. If you were going to box it up into a console and for an affordable price, you know? Yep. Speaking of price, they didn't throw a price on it, right? They didn't yet. They they haven't announced how that's going to work. Uh, They did say it would launch in the US and UK markets sometime in 19. Um, You know, and realistically, there there are going to be problems with, um, internet, high-speed internet access. Uh, there are yep. there are black holes across the U.S. I don't know what the U.K. is like. So it, some will be alienated by this inevitably, um, and they haven't really given performance tests. There's not enough information to see. If you have 
high speed, but not the best high speed. What it, what is your performance going to be like? Um, I did the, the along with it. They also did unveil because there's no console. Um, they did unveil the uh, Stadia controller, uh, which does something interesting because usually when you're playing an online game and you're like linking a controller, especially to a mobile device, it's Bluetooth. So there's inherently like some latency, but the way the Stadia controller works is it doesn't tie into any device. It just ties into the same Wi-Fi signal pinging directly off the Stadia servers. So in theory, they get the best possible uh, reaction time without latency. I, I Again, nothing's proven, but it's kind of a smart idea. And it looks like your typical current gen controller. It, it was almost like a morph between what the PlayStation 4 has and the Xbox One. So, uh, yeah. And you can use, obviously, any controller with it also. That's just the one they're pushing with it. Yeah, this is definitely an opportunity, I think, probably to maximize profits for the gaming world. You know, they don't have... Isn't the console typically the, the big cost uh, for these uh, like Microsoft or PlayStation um, putting those together mass producing them and I think they're taking a loss on them anyways in order to sell as as much as they can for software so I think that would definitely cut this out to a point where you're going to see some pretty high profit margins I would think yeah and you're also not having to negotiate you know the licensing deals as publishers yeah. or or printing to a disc you know whatever that disc cost is uh and then the other thing is with the con the way console markets work is usually by the time the console launches the specs are below top tier pc so yep. <clears throat> the other benefit that they kind of touted was that this puts developers for the first time in a position to not box themselves in with the creation of a game it should be limitless in what they want to create they don't have to develop to outdated specs it should always be on the bleeding edge which is cool that also gets rid of what? generations almost altogether. you know right it's that it's just a constant upgrade yep so i don't know if they're going to put like versions on it or and say like this game runs on this version i who knows how that'll work, but yeah, That's I don't true. know. There, there, there's definitely some concerns about this because I mean, it it changes the way how the whole gaming industry has worked for yep. 30, 40 years and flips it on its head. So, yeah, I, I agree. And at the same time, though, it seems like the absolute next logical progression. I mean, yeah. I, it's not for me, it's not even just gaming, it's all media has gone here. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think the day of physical media is slowly dissolving where it just won't exist. And that's kind of a bummer for any type of collector, uh, video game collector. You have nothing to collect, you know, you yeah. have nothing to go back and be like, wow, look at this. This is really cool. 20 years from now, 30 years from now, like we can do right now with NES cartridges, Atari, you know, whatever. Uh, so yeah, it's almost like an end of an era happening. At some point, probably sooner than later. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's definitely something to be worried about with game preservation, especially when they're making their own games for this thing. Yeah, those games will not see another avenue. You know, they're not going to get a physical release on anything else. And you know, how many 
games now don't work or the multiplayer doesn't work because they shut them down, you know, years ago because there's no right. way playing it. Well, all of a sudden the entire game is online. So they right as soon as they decide that that's not profitable, the game's gone, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and we've it's all been forever. there with current, you know, we've seen well in the gaming world, we've seen the Wii shop go away. Um, yeah. There are games that are just straight gone. Um, you know, when you're a person who's subscribed to Hulu or Netflix and one of your favorite movies or television series disappears and it's no longer on syndication and you can't easily go out and find DVDs for some of this stuff anymore, that sucks. Um, so I, sh- I definitely share those concerns, um, especially as a collector like you guys. Um, the other thing that I think is going to kind of factor into this is what will the PlayStation five and the next Xbox console look like. We know Xbox just formalized when the rollout of their new discless Xbox one comes out. You know, if I think if we end up, people are kind of scoffing at, at stadia and there is a difference potentially because you're not doing it all online. But if the, if one of the two or both come out next gen and they do not take any sort of physical media, Stadia becomes a lot more attractive in the marketplace. Sure, you're still dependent on bandwidth speeds um, and you don't have the reliability of a, a custom box in your home where everything is built to run to spec. But if all of my options eliminate any physical version of a game, then why pay the 500 bucks to, to throw a box under my TV when I could just have a Chromecast dongle for 20 and do the same thing in theory? Yeah, right. Can you imagine walking into stores like Best Buy or, um, you know, Walmart, Target, and not even have a video game section anymore? I feel like it's sadly I mean, getting there. I mean, well, yeah, yeah it, they've definitely uh, have shrunken. Uh, you know, Best Buy. I love shopping there, but their gaming section just gets smaller and smaller. And so, at yeah. some point, to walk in and never see a video game, never see a console, and that's really crazy to think about. I agree. You don't get to go up to the glass case at Walmart or Target, Toys R Us, whatever it was. <laughs> and you're just rushing for a, a Google Chrome cast. They're going to have those behind the cases. That's it. What these places are going to need to do, like the Stadia store and like Steam and uh, all those places, they're going to need to have a VR experience that replicates the bargain bin so I can digitally pluck discounted titles <laughs> yes. out of the bin to just satisfy that need. Yep. Yes. So I wonder uh, if this will go the same direction as kind of what happened in Netflix, where Netflix used to have a ton of movies on there, like almost nearly anything that you ever wanted. And then all of the uh, movie production houses were like, well, it's going to cost more if you want to renew, you know? They just kept right. upping their price, upping their price to the point where it didn't make sense to have all that stuff. So now you look at Netflix, it barely has anything on there. I mean, it has a small rotation of good classic movies every once in a while, but it, you're not going to see that. If you think of a movie right now that you want to see, it's probably not on there right now. You know, yeah, right. the sheer amount of volume is way down. Yep. Uh, so like, I mean, they're they're basically an in-house studio for the most part. A lot of people get it for their the Netflix shows movies yeah so then you're right back to the exclusives you know 
Yep. So yeah. what happens to the EA? Let's push this. Uh, let's push this a little bit further, though, and and go. What does this mean for retro video game stores? Like we have a couple of local retro video game stores. What what does this mean? Does this mean that business is going to be booming like crazy, and we're going to see retro prices skyrocket even more, or are we going to see it digress? You know, I I don't know. It'd be interesting. Yeah, because if, 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 if at some point there's a line in the sand where you cannot inherently bring on new retro because the media stopped. Yeah. 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 It'd be interesting to know what would happen to the market. Well, yeah. And in theory too, this would finally kill off GameStop and EB. Like, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah it's they would have to sell retro. They would have to go uh, back to carts. I would know, say, whatever. I would say the only leg up that this really has right now, as far as like the amount of content and the quality you'd get on it is that, Netflix is now in a point where anyone can create a competitive service that functions the same. I don't think, I don't think at this moment, and maybe Stadia is too ahead of the curve and it won't live up to the dream anyway, but I don't think at this moment in time, there is anyone else positioned infrastructure wise globally that could run this the way Google can with, with the amount of servers, uh, locations and hardware. The amount of cash that they can lose on this project for 10 exactly. years. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And this, well, there's no way this isn't a massive cash suck. But we've seen we've seen Microsoft do it and just lose their ass on the Xbox for years and years and years, too, until yeah. they started making traction. Yeah. But. So here's a big question. It launches. Do you pay $59.99 to... to not necessarily own a game, but be able to have access to that game on Stadia. I mean, I'm the guy that still doesn't have uh, the Nintendo like classic on the Switch. I haven't paid for the subscription on that. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of years ago, I would have said no, but I mean, even at our game exchange, my s- sister picked up an Xbox One for my nephew, and I literally looked at her and said, "Don't go out buying games, just." Set up an account, get him Game Pass, and let him go. I I was thinking like if they're actually gonna do it on a per- piecemeal. Oh, so you're talking like not fifty nine. You're talking you're buying individual games, like one. Okay, yeah. Oh. If you're buying access to one single game for sixty dollars that you technically don't own, no, I'd be out. I just couldn't. I. I don't know, man. Can you? I mean, can you? Can you get developers the money they need to make a game if you don't sell the games? One, right. Assuming this is a catch-all for every piece of content video game related. I mean, you're you're instantly in the thousands of games. And then if you're paying only by the amount of time they're getting played or maybe who's streaming it. I don't know. That's, a, a, you know, that's something I hadn't really thought about. Well, and the scary part is so, about that is if you start doing it that model, that changes the way the games are made and played um if you're talking about how much a game is played you're going to start looking at like how free-to-play models uh use like mind games to keep people playing a certain game yeah you know so you're intrinsically a worse game and that's something we kind of didn't touch on but they were very heavy on how um content creators and game developers are incentivized and rewarded with stadia 
uh, because Google, of course, also owns YouTube. So that is another huge piece to this. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's potential avenues for other revenue, but uh, yeah, like you said, it, it might just completely up end the type of games that are made because of the way that they can collect cash from them. Somewhere along the line, I think there's a downside, but you don't, we won't know it until, you know, the structure's out, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I just as, um, you know, someone from the generation we're from, and we had the opportunity to exist in a world where uh, the internet wasn't there. I mean, I think there's an overall downside to all of all of this. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the internet is a wonderful and awful thing. I mean, it's and it, putting everything on it all the time is is convenient. But yeah, what is what is it? What happens at the end of the day when the internet no longer exists? We're basically monkeys again. Yeah. I mean. They aren't teaching look- children cursive for Christ's sake. They won't even be able to read the Constitution. America. You look at that uh, thing that that passed in Europe about uh, copyright GDPR? laws. No, it's a new thing about uh, oh. like links and copyright stuff. Basically, every website that takes user uploads is going to have to run it against all copyrighted material. Basically like oh. what Google does, but right. it has to pass that first before it can even go live. Otherwise, Google or YouTube would be held liable for that copyright. Yikes. Yeah. How do you so I, tame that beast? Well, I mean, Google's has probably the most sophisticated one that they've been building for, what, a decade? And it still is kind of a piece of crap so how do you expect every website out there to do that right i think i think what's going to happen is they're just going to be like well europe can't get on our website (laughs) vpns man vpns pretty much well we talked about stadia a lot longer than i thought we were going to so (laughs) it's a good subject it's on an interesting note, subject. Like what Sony, have you seen kind of what Sony's been doing behind the scenes here? Um, they stopped selling digital cards or uh, digital games and cards in stores. So supposedly, oh, the little, okay. Yeah, you're not going to be able to buy like the digital card or uh, you probably do PSN cards yet, but not necessarily, you know, game specific ones. I always hated those cards. Especially when they started putting them in the cases. Yeah. So I'm buying a case to get a card. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I, I'll i be honest. I've never purchased those cards. I have no idea what they do. They seem pointless to me. They are. Because you can do everything on PSN any, anyways, right? Right. It's it's kind of like you would only do it if you had a gift card um, to sure. a store or if you're a grandma who wants to... like. You know, happy, Merry Christmas, Johnny. Let's go on PlayStation Network. I'll let you pick something out. You know, it's, it's something you can wrap right. up. Or that you don't trust Sony with your credit card because they might get hacked for a month straight. Okay. Yeah, There's <laughs> that's never happened. PSN wasn't down for a summer, was it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But but then on the flip side, they uh, lowered the price of the their streaming, the PlayStation Now. for Oh, 60. really? 60 bucks a year, I think, which is a whole five dollars. Like, yeah, that's well, no, it was like 120 a year, so they cut it in half. 
Oh, now I was thinking plus. Okay. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. So that that's definitely That's cheaper than Game Pass then. Except yep. you can't download the games, right? Yeah, can you can you? now. Yep. Jeez, they must be feeling the burn from Game Pass. Yeah. The, what is it? PlayStation View, you said? Uh, now. Now. Yep. Now. Okay, what is it? What is that? So you can already do like what Stadia does on there. It's streaming. Okay. Um, but you can also download the game. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. It, it's basically been around for two and a half years. It beat Xbox Game Pass to the market, but until just now, it sounds like that you couldn't ever download the game, so they were very laggy, depending on yeah. your connection. I think even at peak connections, sure. you wouldn't want to be playing, like, say, Call of Duty multiplayer on that. Yeah. And then, don't take my word for it, but from what I've gathered, it's a lot of PS3 games, you know? It's sure. not so much like Game Pass where they're getting... I've been playing Just Cause 4 on Game Pass, which came out last... <laughs> Last well, fall. yeah, and they just announced like three games on Game Pass that are coming out day and date with launch, like Killer Queen Black, and yeah, so yeah, right there. So now I don't, I don't think I'm going to get that on Switch because it's already blasphemy. I know. No, that's interesting. I hadn't heard the uh, price cut on now. That's, I mean, obviously, I, I think that's an indication that Xbox had been doing something right. Yeah, uh, for them to correct course to that extent. And really, I feel like PlayStation Now is another one of those things, almost like the Vita or just anything else, or even the VR, where Sony just kind of, for the most part, puts things out there and just lets them Mm -hmm. struggle along. Because they don't market them or support them or push them. But you said they were pushing VR now too, right? They they announced a bunch of new titles. and Yes. No Man's Sky is getting a VR mode, which I am very excited about that. For the third time, I'll be coming back to No Man's Sky. <laughs> you and like three other people, and the three other people being the devs on No Man's Sky are excited about that. Yes. I'm going to hang out with them. We're going to have fun in there. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could boot mine back up. It wasn't the worst game I've ever played, but man, there's just too many systems. Too many systems that kill you. Yeah, I I mean for the VR stuff, I just want to get in my ship, fly around, to zone out in space for a while. Nice, taking LSD before just really trip out. Yeah, do some weird stuff with some friendly aliens you just met. <laughs> you scan them first. <laughs> yeah, I hope the next procedurally generated planet in the island has giant breasted whatever aliens. <laughs> Uh, that would turn that game around quick. Nate's looking at me like I'm crazy, but now he's like really deeply in thought about this. Like, yes, I gotta I get need, no man's sky. I, I need VR now. <laughs> oh, I, I do want VR really bad right now. So, yeah, yeah. They sold. I'm holding out they, for MGC. They said they sold uh, over four million of them now. Really? That's yep. a good install base for something like that. Yep. I feel like maybe I'm still like hung up on the newness of it. Like I got to try it out. I'm like, this is so cool. And maybe I wouldn't love it long term. I'm not sure. There's something to that for sure. Like you, when it blows your mind the first time after a while, it kind of just, some of the games are like, okay, it's the same thing, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, right. overall, it feels like a really cool experience. But yeah, the more you do it, the less. I don't know. It it doesn't feel like a fully realized offshoot yet. I mean, I still really enjoy mine. I'm happy that I got it. But is there ever a point where you're like, I want to play it, but I don't want to set it all up and have to go through that whole. Yeah. Yeah, every every time I play it, there's that's the thing. Like I just don't want to, but I put so much money into it. Yeah, there's well, I gotta set it up, and it's worth the effort to do it. Like some of those experiences are worth it to me, but it's still, yeah, like like you said, every time I'm thinking about, gosh, I really want to set that up, and then is the light right? I'm gonna have to sync my stupid move controller again. I have Camera. to stand. <laughs> I have to stand. Video <laughs> games are supposed to be lazy. Why am I moving? Yeah. All right. I'm so sick and tired of talking about PlayStation, Xbox, Google. I want to talk about the Nintendo Switch and how awesome it is. You sound genuinely and some upset new about. No, I'm not. There's some new potential models that they are uh, revealing to us. Maybe, kind of. Right. Yes. What okay. is, what do you, you speak the, of? Yeah. So you, you uh, had this look like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think the thing is, is the rumor has existed for quite some time or speculation. Um, we're at the point where you typically see a revision in hardware from Nintendo. And then um, one of these hardware manufacturers, or, I, I don't know what the full story, but apparently they had physical prototype of um, a different switch model. And it sounds like there may be, a Switch Pro, slightly beefed up, maybe like the new 3DS, uh, and then a standalone Switch Mini, which uh, the Pro piece, I don't know about that. I don't know what that means, what what, the, what that would mean for changes in GPU or if it's just resolution and whatnot. But I, I think the idea of a Switch Mini to me is interesting uh, as someone who has kids and I get really nervous every time my five-year-old undocks my Switch and like runs up or down the stairs with it. So if I could have a cost-effective version to throw at him so that when he inevitably crushes it, I, I would feel okay but with it. But what is that? Is it just the 3DS? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, but I think that... I feel like that's how 90% of people play their Switch anyway. Right? On dock? Yeah. I played mine only dock. I do too, but I think we're vastly in the major- minority. Yeah, I'm, I'm mostly undocked. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think there could be some benefits. To me, though, like, a mini is not attractive. It's it's not something that I'm like, oh, yeah, I need a smaller, smaller switch to carry around. I mean, it's not that big anyways. It's pretty big, man. Can, well. <laughs> the switch, the switch is pretty big. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, no, it, it just, like, it's portable it's it's more portable than anything else and you know the 3ds xl isn't that much smaller than it i mean well, if you really okay. put it in perspective that, yeah, that's true yeah it's, it's not any different to me it's just it's not necessary let's just continue to build on something good that we have going on pro i could see you know if, if it's going to be something that you know, I don't know any specs, and I'm sure nobody knows the specs right now. But if it was pushing 4K or oh, that's not going to happen, or or, or something, I, I don't know. You know, it's maybe it's worth. It. I don't know what would make a pro awesome besides 
pushing something that would be like a 4K, like the PlayStation Pro. I think you're going to see a better resolution screen um, and maybe the ability for it to do. Maybe what they could do is um, <clears throat> improve the GPU a little bit to the point where it could run uh, 1080 natively on its tablet yeah. instead of only through the television. Um, I think one thing you're kind of overlooking too with the mini is that that doesn't mean that it can't be docked. They could still dock it in a different way. And then through another set of Joy-Con or a pro controller, you could still play remotely. Um, so you'd have another hundred dollars in, <laughs> in well, uh, Joy-Con mini Joy-Cons. Well, but the, I don't think they would do mini. I think they wouldn't detach. Right. So you would just, right. Everything else would work. It's just that those are static. So I think there's so it's a 3DS. I, I'm just yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying because you and I both kill the hate, 3ds. You and I both don't like portable gaming, and I'm with you on that. But I think we are a very select group. Um, yes, I, I so, know we are. So they need to carry on the legacy of the 3ds because they're not going to carry on. There's no point for them at this point to have competing handhelds because while the Switch is a home console, two, it's it's the replacement for both. So I think. It kind of makes sense. And three, it's a way to bring more money in because people have to have it. Yes. Like us. Yes. And so far with the Switch, they've been fairly light on like themed or exclusive versions of Switch yep. hardware. Um, Joy-Cons, so it, that's about it. Right, Joy-Cons, but it's nothing like the freaking 3DS. They got like a variant every, I don't know, two variants every quarter for the last yeah, seven no. years. It's nuts. What is the Switch? Uh, it would have been Splatoon, Odyssey, Pokemon. Was there any others? Ultimate, oh, yeah, Smash Ultimate. So, what color was Pokemon Joy-Cons? Well, was it, it was, uh, I think it was a different logo on the dock, and I think there might have been something on the back of the Switch itself. I'm not sure. Most, okay. most of the bundles have dock variants also is kind of the thing. Okay, I didn't know that. Mm. I don't know. This thing sounds kind of messy, though. Like, I don't necessarily trust them making a pro and doing it the same way like Xbox and PlayStation do, where it's just like it's the same games and it works better. They yeah. do like that whole like it only these games only work on the new Switch. These three games that we will release for it. And yeah. that is all right. And Cause it's no, because like, oh, no developer is going to segment their market like that. The new new Zelda game. They'll throw the new Zelda game, new Metroid, and uh, a new Mario game. So then <laughs> you're you're forced to, yeah. to buy that because you're not going to play them anywhere else. Yeah, but I really they, hope. I'll... I really hope that's not the upgrade. I really hope it's just longer battery life because it's more efficient, and the fact that they yep. put a higher resolution screen and can get like the extra guts that bump the dock up to a higher resolution to just run native on the system. And I hope it doesn't affect anything like game performance wise. Yeah. Okay. Big question. So if they do those things, are you buying one? I would be more inclined to buy a mini if it comes out so that I could have my kids use that. I don't know that I, I, 3DS. I fell off. <laughs> I fell off the switch bandwagon pretty hard. Um, in the last nine months, um, it, it was it was all I played for most of the year I got it, um, twenty seventeen I suppose, and then or did I get it in twenty? I don't know when I got it, but anyway, yeah, I just I, I'm kind of done. Um, yeah, I, I 
sadly with you. Like I was genuinely excited about the Switch, and it is a great, great oh, yeah. system, yeah. great games, but it's kind of lost its luster for me. And I think some of that had to do with the the library of games. Now I just I have no idea what's good, what's not, yeah. and I've kind of. I've just kind of lost touch with the games that are being released. There's nothing that has really caught my attention. Like I want to play that. I mean, smash ultimate was one that I picked up. That's the last switch game I've picked up, but everything in between that, there wasn't much for me. And so, yeah, they're, they're complete failure to address curate and update um the system interfaces and their shop Mm -hmm. have the shot it's completely ruined it for me um and then the fact that limited runs jumping in and like super rare games like i mean i'm inundated by overpriced ports of indie games to my switch to the point where what i what was a what was an exciting novelty at the beginning and i was buying a lot of these games i just look at them and i'm like nope i'll it's gonna be a buck 50 on ps4 like three weeks from now, screw it. And yeah. I'm just buying. I'm yeah. just buying first party. I mean, I'm gonna buy Yoshi's Crafted World on Friday for my kids, but there's not another game on my radar for this system. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't have one that I'm anticipating, one that I'm excited about, nope. and I feel like there's a lack, lack of buzz with the game. So like everyone was excited for Smash, everybody was excited, and people were talking about it, and now. I mean, if people are talking about the Yoshi game, I mean, it's, they're not that excited no, about it. No right. one's like, oh, I can't wait for this game to come out. And yeah, I, I just, it's just missing missing that excitement piece right now. And that's just kind of how video game gaming is kind of at this point. You know, we're going to see probably a lot more titles being released for the holiday season, I would think. But hope so. Yeah, I I haven't. I haven't played my Switch in a long time, which is sad to say. So Yeah, mine's mostly situational. That's why I played Undocked mostly, because if I have the TV available, I'll probably play PlayStation or Xbox, you know? Yep. I'm bringing it to MGC. I will, just in case. You know, maybe we can get a good smash in mm-hmm. before we hit the vendor floor. Who knows? It doesn't bring back the days of Street Pass, though. That's... That's what you really need. Street Pass was like straight up scary. Street Pass was like Nintendo's like open window to pedophilia. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why they greet. Oh, I love that. I love that part. Like you see that person, and you're like, oh, I wonder if I saw that person today. Like deep down, like I wonder whoever made this character look like this. I want to try and guess who I saw that was that person. <laughs> it's like the Tinder of Nintendo. It's so creepy. <laughs> I always hated the idea of Street Pass. It's so weird. Ugh. Craigslist ad. I love it. Because at least one on one in ten is a furry. At <laughs> least one in ten people on Street Pass. If you live in Portland, it's like four out of six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh gosh. yeah yeah i mean i mean we're all ragging on it but i mean it really is a cool console it's just it's kind of in a weird state i think uh for a lot of gamers at the moment so what about the mini i mean it's if it doesn't have detachables if it doesn't have rumble like they're kind of saying like that 
straight up breaks some of the games. Not like somebody needs to play one two switch, yeah. but <laughs> I think it breaks few of the games. I think outside of Nintendo, who's leaning to it too much into HD Rumble? Like, and even me, I, I play uh, with the PlayStation Four controller through a Mayflash adapter, and like yeah. I got all the way through Odyssey doing those like Rumble sensitive areas just fine. Like, cause I didn't need it, I just jumped around until I got it. It's not that difficult. Sure. I mean, I, I I agree with you. There might be some stuff that's funky or you can't do, but I think overwhelmingly just the amount of games that will work in the compatibility list is so high that it makes sense for them to get something that comes in at a price point of about like 160 180 Yeah, if they can uh, get that. Because if you can get that sticker shock, you know, where you're separated far enough from 200 um, that's an easy pickup for a lot of parents around the holidays. Mm-hmm. And it replaces then the price point of where, you know, their normal 3DS lines have started at and, you know, worked below. But yeah, there's, I mean, to me, there's a lot of questions, um, you know, and just, I think the name itself kind of limits what, nintendo would do with the switch because it is called the switch for a reason so if it no longer switches i mean yeah that defeats the purpose the block the brick it goes on and off (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah who knows i mean maybe it's just all bullshit too i mean will there be a switch revision yes will these two options be it who knows and by the time you hear this, maybe they've already said. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe we, maybe we, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like we're going to be off on this one since we like spot on predicted the uh, Labo VR guess. I mean, we can't, we can't hit lightning twice, you know. Are you certain that saying the next switch is going to be made out of cardboard as well? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. We, yep. That's, that's it. The new. Build your own the switch. The actual Nintendo Labo. <laughs> They've been prepping us this whole time. <laughs> you guys should check your uh, Target. Did you see that? They're like down to like $17. The Labo what? kits. Really? Yep. All of them? I think Target's like getting rid of that section. Well, there's a lot yeah. of it. So. Yeah. I don't need it, but I'm going <laughs> to buy it. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches I'm moving to the country I'm gonna eat me a lot of peaches I'm moving to the country I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches I'm moving to the country I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches Peaches come from a can They were put there by a man In a factory downtown Okay, time for the fail bag where we answer 20-year-old questions from old gaming magazines as if they were addressed to us. Um, today we're looking in Nintendo Power number 18. Ooh. And, and they have a whole section on your worst Nintendo nightmare. And there's some pretty good ones in here. Uh, I'll start off with Neil from Cypress 
California. He uh, says, I was playing Super Mario Bros. 3, and I finally made it to King Cupra. I was thirsty, so before I took him on, I paused the game and got a Pepsi. I took a long drink, then set it down. A friend walked in just then to see how far I was along. My parakeet had climbed out of its cage to observe. Then this my friend Yeah. <laughs> then my friend jumped onto the bed, startling the bird, which took off and crashed into my Pepsi, knocking it against the reset button, and it reset my game, but worse yet, spilled Pepsi Pepsi all over me. I the Pepsi all over you is worse than ruining his NES, Absolutely. apparently. I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say that this probably isn't a factual story. It sounds really good. I mean, it's very elaborate. I mean, parakeets specifically hitting the reset button with the spilt Pepsi, which he took a long drink of. So wasn't the Pepsi still in his hand? I'm confused. Why are you on your bed with your friend? He just wanted this is weird. It's probably a Pepsi like spokesperson. (laughs) I was going to say it's a Pepsi commercial. I took a long (laughs) drink. Of that Pepsi. Of that satisfying Pepsi. Mm. Yeah. You have the right one, baby. No, that was was that Coke or Pepsi commercial? Right that one, that was Pepsi, wasn't Pepsi? it? Pepsi? I think so, with Ray Charles. Dyke Pepsi. Yeah. Ray Charles got the right one, baby. <laughs> nice head nod. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ray Charles. I did the... Oh, that guy. Right. Oh, God. Ray Charles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> nice. Now yeah. I know who you're talking the about. The blind guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's too many things that just aren't coming across as factual right very detailed long sips a parakeet nobody has a parakeet that's not even a real bird and they can see pepsi cans yeah yes i would have believed it if you said my my pet parakeet got out and pressed the unpause button with its beak i'd been like oh, that sucks. well he has a parakeet and this a is- friend like this doesn't add up already, <laughs> right? <laughs> there are parakeet people and there are people people. <laughs> yeah, I call shenanigans. False story. <laughs> okay, let's try uh, Trevor's. This better be good, Trevor. You got a lot. <sighs> you got a lot to live up to right now. <laughs> Says I was about to finish Karate Kid when the screen started I'm- getting fuzzy. Then the power went out. When it came back on, my game was gone. I was mad because I had told my sister that she could play Super Mario Brothers when I was done. God must be a girl. Oh, I get the yeah, ending. Yeah. That's great. I hate when that happens. I remember that as a kid so many times. I'd get far into a game and all of a sudden you get a glitch screen and you're like, okay, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do? And you're like small tapping yeah. the council. Yeah. You're like, no, just a little bit, just a little bit. And then you like. Tap it enough where the screen goes absolutely berserk, and you're like, "You're done." I can still play. I can still play. I can do this. But hopefully, you were smart enough not to be nearing the end of Karate Kid. Hopefully, you were playing something. (laughs) No, I would never make it that far. That's impressive that he made it that far. Or sad. I've had it happen to Super Mario Brothers three multiple times, where as a kid you're getting. I mean, that's a long game to play at one sitting. For me, it was Mega Man. Frustrating. The Mega Man games, and I was the I never wrote down the codes. So, like, when yeah. I got, like, three stages in and it glitched out, that was the end of my game. I'm done with it. Or on the opposite side, you left the power on all night long. Done yep. it. Yep. Well, how else do you keep a game going? Right. Exactly. 
that's when you shut the TV off and then your mom comes around and you're like, oh, you left that on. <laughs> no. Why did you do that? <laughs> uh, Nathan has a similar story. He says, when I finally beat Bowser in Super Mario Brothers 3, my brother and I wanted to take a picture. So we turned off all the lights. Unfortunately, the lights were all connected to the wall socket and it turned off. <laughs> oh, <off my> game. <laughs> that sucks. That sucks. That I believe. I, and that is terrible. I am so glad that that's not a thing anymore. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a newer house that has that turn the power off to the sockets. Right. Smile. Oh, no. And then you're trying to explain it to all your buddies at school and they're like, you didn't beat it. You don't have any proof. I did it. It was a proof. Yeah, that's a bummer, man. Yeah, I, I just want to see their face because, like, the joy just immediately getting sucked out of their face. <laughs> like, <clears throat> that kind of, like, brings me back to, like, a horror story from my Renaissance days where I installed a home theater system for a lady. Well, actually, she sent it home. She insisted that she wanted to take it home. She's going to set it up. She called us, and we went to go see why I wasn't working. I asked, I'm like, okay, I'm like, everything here is right. Can, can I plug something else in this outlet to make sure it's working? Because it's, it's an apartment, right? She's like, I don't have anything. I'm like, I mean, I'm like, you're, you're a woman. Do you have, like, curling iron, blow dryer? I mean, anything, like, just a small... <laughs> Boy, that was kind of, it sounded more degrading than I meant it to. I'm just like any small electronic that I can test. She's like, nope, nothing. So I take this thing home. I take this thing back to the store, bring another one out. Same thing. Nothing happens. And then finally I walk over and there's a wall switch to that outlet. And then she returned everything because they must be crappy stereos because they didn't work. I'm like, you understand how power works. Power works. Not. Wow. So I, this loosely ties into this. Yep. Hmm. Horror stories from my terrible job from many years ago. It's not as bad as not getting a picture of <laughs> Bowser being defeated, but it still sucked. Yep. So we're going to go uh, even worse. <laughs> Is that even possible? Oh, yeah, it definitely can. Karen says, have I got a story for you? I bought two Game Boys for my sons for Christmas. A few weeks ago, I heard a scream from upstairs. David, who is 11, had flushed the toilet while he was holding four games, and three of them fell in. Two were flushed, and one was left floating. We re retrieved it and dried it off, and it still played. The other two stopped up the toilet. The maintenance man in our apartments thought he could dissolve them with lye, so he poured it in. And let it soak for 24 wow. hours. <laughs> no. It was still stopped for the next day or so. So he decided to take the plumbing apart to remove the obstruction. When we got the games out, they looked fine. The lie hadn't even hurt them. The labels were fine. We rinsed them with clear water. And uh, we let them dry and tried them. And they both played perfectly. The only problem I have with my Game Boy is borrowing... One from my sons. If you come out with any more puzzle games, I'll have to buy one for myself. That doesn't sound like a horror story. That sounds like a redemption story. No. Kind of, yeah. I guess I didn't read it far enough. I thought uh, the toilet would have been bad news altogether. But Nintendo stuff, the Game Boy stuff, man, stuff lives. It's amazing. Just those cartridges 
were just bulletproof. The NES ones, you've seen people test them by throwing them out in like freezing water and just letting them sit out all winter long and they clean them up and throw them in. They work just fine. Yeah. And I mean, the, the Game Boy ones were the same way. And I mean, that's pretty impressive. And you kind of almost wonder if the like Nintendo was like they even knew like how strong their stuff was that they were yeah. making. If they even were like, oh, this isn't even going to make 10 years, you know, and here, here we are playing them, you know, 30 years yeah. later or whatever. And uh, that's pretty impressive. I think especially given like the lie, because like that should oh, have yeah. really screwed with like the contacts and the pins and, but maybe where it was stopped up in the toilet too, who knows if you just poured lie in the bowl. And like it didn't drain, and it it's didn't go down. Good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but still crazy, disgusting, and crazy. Gosh, yeah, yeah. There must not be anything. You think there was just electrical. a big thing of rope sitting in that <laughs> in that toilet as he was, because everything's like stopped up. Yeah. You know, that guy was probably pissed digging around in someone's cornfield. Oh come on, man. looking for. Looking for Come Pokemon on. Gold, Silver, <laughs> Ruby. It's Mr. Chin's Gourmet Paradise down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I get pretty, pretty leery when it comes to, like, toilets and stuff like that. <laughs> so if my kids were like, hey, Dad, here's the deal, I flush that down and be like, well, I guess we're getting a new toilet <laughs> and you're not getting a new game. So... I mean, the Switch games, they'll go right down like it's yeah. nothing now. So. Yeah, those are not stopping anything. Nope. They'd probably break as soon as you got in water, too. Who knows? Yeah. And uh, finally, we got Richie. What? Richie. What's his name? Richie. Richie. Okay. Yeah. Richie I thought Rich. you said Red Chi. I'm like, that's a good yeah. name. <laughs> Rich. He's Red Chi. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Red Chi. All my friends call me Red. Yeah. Or Chi. He says, uh, One day, my brother was playing Double Dragon 2 when my mom smelled a fire. Everyone had to evacuate. Everyone left so fast that he forgot to pause his game. Smoke was coming out from the laundry room, but it was just a lint fire. This guy lost his game of uh, probably got smacked around in Double Dragon just for a lint fire. You know, the most common house fire <laughs> there is. Sad. It is. But Ryan hates Double Dragon anyways. So I love Double matter. Dragon. Just not the NES ports of the original one. Well, you should have been like, well, kid, you should have been playing the Arcade. Well, he was playing Double Dragon 2, though, wasn't he? Yep. So there you go. Okay. That, good. So we're yeah, all good fine. now. Yep. No, no issues there. Okay. Just clean out your limb right. trap we once in a while, Mom you, and Dad. Come on. So did your parents, when you were younger, yes. say you, you have to stay away from the screen, otherwise you're going to go blind? Right? Uh-huh. Yep. So. This is a story of the opposite of that. Uh, Julie is saying, I'm writing about my son, Joseph, who is 11. 
He is a Nintendo freak who has been legally blind since birth. He started playing when he was three and has become a master. Playing Nintendo has changed his life. To start with, he couldn't move. He couldn't see moving objects except when they were up close and moving slowly. Then his grandpa bought him an NES. After about a year, we had his vision tested for school, and we were stunned to learn that his vision had improved greatly. The doctors were all as shocked as we were. After talking with Joe, he concluded that he had perfected his vision by playing Nintendo. Since the screen continuously moves, it strengthened his muscles in his eyes, and the doctors have encouraged him to play an hour a day, and more if possible. He was so happy, he asked the doctor about getting a prescription for a couple new games. <laughs> okay. The difference, the difference now in his sight is unbelievable. The dean of the School of Ophthalmology examined our son and just shook his head. He said it has given him something to recommend for other kids with his problem. His dream is to go to the University of Washington and work for Nintendo developing new games. He even jokes he would like to have Howard Phillips' job. Don't be surprised if an eager kid with glasses walks into your office. That would be my son, Joe. I don't know what to think on that at all. Yeah, it, it kind of goes off the rails into like almost advertisement there for a little bit. I just want a referral to right. that doctor. Like, send me to him when I was yeah. a kid, huh? <laughs> More Nintendo. I wish we could track him down and give him a call and be like, hey, do you feel like that was right <laughs> or are you insane? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's maybe something of truth there in the 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 screen motion like strengthening i mean i guess but also just inherently staring at a screen for a long time i was that was not good for your vision so i'm not sure right but i guess if you're starting out a blind maybe you can only go up from there right well no definitely you can only go out can you imagine hearing that as a kid all right you got to get your two hours of video game playing in today (laughs) but mom sounds good mom i don't want to i I want to read a book Ah, oh, gee. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. You'll play at least an hour or more. <laughs> what would be the best game, do you think, for strengthening your vision? Tetris. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. Constant moving pieces. Yeah. That's true. I mean, platformers would be pretty good, too, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mario 3. Or Barbie. Oh, gosh. That would just, I mean, you can't, I can barely make out what's happening in Barbie. Guy who's legally blind can probably not function <laughs> in that game. Love that game. It's so weird. I can beat it. That doesn't mean it's good or that you should like it. <laughs> I actually love a lot of games <laughs> that, that just, I beat <laughs> just for that reason. Uh, that that just proves that I can yeah. actually beat a game. Uh, <laughs> does that how eyes actually work? Like I'm 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 a pretty dumb guy when it comes to this type of stuff but can you strengthen your eyes like that like can you become you know when i was in optometry school um <laughs> i don't have a chance like, what, what? I, where are we going yeah when i was an optometrist <laughs> uh in my former days uh, the retinas are yeah i can't bs through it i mean so, I, I, no idea i guess i don't know because it seems like I mean, I don't know how the, like the muscles and the focusing and everything works, but it seems like when people have like legally blind, like there's t- 
typically it's like degenerative stuff right. with your i mean i've never i'm right. not familiar with cases where that's not the case and it's something that you can actually improve upon without like a surgery or, or something but i mean again like we're but all you've seen so, those moments where where if you have a weak eye or visual like the vision's not strong in it that they put a patch over your strong eye so that you can actually build it up so oh, maybe yeah. I mean, there's a little oh. truth to that, I suppose. I just thought that meant you were a pirate, but it's actually correcting lazy eyes, I see. All right. You know, it just helps you get that booty. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> Hats off to you, sir. <laughs> well done. Oh. Oh, one, one joke of the night. Nailed it. If you had I... just not laughed and like transitioned to the outro, that would have been perfect. That would have been perfect, yep. Editing magic! Now. <laughs> yep. It's hilarious. I'm just going to put like a 30 second pause in there. And then, <laughs> and then you just start the outro. <laughs> <laughs> Insert cricket chirping. That booty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's awful. Yeah, well that's all I got. Should I take yeah. this out? All right. We would love to read your comments, questions, concerns. You can send us an email at weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com. Why not send us some pictures as well? Right, guys? Mm -hmm. Send us some pictures. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. We got a lot of stuff going on over there, as well as YouTube. And of course, you can go to weekendpodcast.com for all things weekend rental. As always, be kind. Rewind. Peaches. <laughs> Millions of peaches. Peaches for free. Millions of peaches. Peaches for me. Peaches for me? <laughs> no, they're Mr. Chins. Booty. <laughs> 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 <laughs>